Gentlemen, talk is Jericho. It's the plot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday, and we're bringing you some more rock and roll. But first, today's episode is being brought to you in part by Great Clips. At Great Clips, we want you to love your haircut. That's why we created Clip Notes, notes that tell us what you like, so you get your same great haircut every time, anywhere, any place. With Clip Notes, no matter which stylist cuts your hair, you're going to get the haircut you want. All right, this Saturday night, November 20th in New Jersey, I'm going to be at the Striper to Hell with the Devil 30th anniversary show at the Stone Pony in New Jersey. If you're in Jersey, the New York area, come hang out and check out the show. Striper's doing the whole, their classic album in its entirety in their vintage black and yellow stage costumes. I'm going with my Heaven's Metal group text of Howard Jones from The Devil You Know, Richard Christie from uh, from Howard Stern. We're going to go check it out. We're going to do a Christian metal podcast. And in honor of the 30th anniversary of To Hell with the Devil, Michael Sweet's been here a couple times, but I got Striper guitarist Oz Fox. He's sharing stories about the making of To Hell with the Devil, what the album did for the band as far as popularity, what it was like to deal with sudden mainstream fame. He's also talking about the band's breakup in 1993 uh, when he took over as the lead singer, what brought them back together. You hear the story behind his name, Oz Fox, his Ozzy Osbourne imitation, how some of his personal guitar heroes uh, shaped his own playing and sound. Plus, we'll get into a little bit of a religious discussion, a little bit of end of the world type stuff. Uh, great rock and roll stuff. Stories coming up with Oz Fox of Striper. It's to hell with the devil, 30th anniversary. But first, had a whirlwind tour in Europe with the WWE uh, this whole week. I'll tell you one thing. I'm in Vienna right now. I go home in a couple days, and I'm looking forward to getting home and sleeping in my own bed. And this is not just because of my comfy mattress. It takes more than just a comfy mattress to get a good night's sleep. You know what you need? You need some comfy sheets as well. And you know what kind of sheets I'm sleeping in? The same ones that three U.S. presidents sleep on. wonder if Trump is sleeping on them. Bowl and Branch. Everything Bowl and Branch makes from bedding to blankies is made from pure 100% organic cotton, which means it's super soft. And I know what you're thinking. Sheets are like really expensive, right? But not if you buy Bowl and Branch, okay? Since you've been getting directly from Bowl and Branch, you're pretty much paying a wholesale price. So instead of shelling out a thousand bucks in the store, you can Treat yourself to these luxurious, soft, comfortable sheets for just a couple hundred bucks. Come on. Did you really think I'd pay a thousand bucks for sheets? I'm a cheap. Come on, man. Everyone loves these bowl and branch sheets as well. They got thousands of five-star reviews. If you're still not convinced, try this. Bowl and branch will let you try the sheets for 30 nights. And if you don't love them like I do, love them like I do. And experience the best night's sleep of your life, send them back for a full refund. All right? They'll even ship the sheets to you for free. So free shipping, money-back guarantee does not get any better than that or does it all right i'm going to sweeten the deal if you go to bowlandbranch.com right now and use my promo code jericho you're going to get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets that's my promo code jericho at bowlandbranch.com you're gonna get 50 bucks off your first set of sheets bowlandbranch.com promo code jericho sleep in the most comfortable soft and restful sheets you've ever had bowl and branch check them out all right, so we're here in Las Vegas with uh, with Sir Oz Fox. Yo, um, Matt, we've known each other for a long time, dude. It's been a while. You yes. know what I mean? But it's it's cool because you live here in Vegas now. Yes. I mean, where, where do you rehearse in Vegas? What's it like living in Vegas for one? Vegas is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I used to live in Southern California. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's where I was born and raised. Yeah. And when I met my wife, uh, she lived here. Okay. Um, and I was in a band just playing really terrible places in town, <laughs> um, playing covers. And this I is in between Striper tours or something? Yes. Or? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, this was probably the end of 2008 mm-hmm. uh, going into 2009. Uh, and so it was really great to be in this classic rock band here in town with, of all people, the lead singer from Angel, Frank Domino. Oh, <laughs> says he lives here. Okay. So uh, for me, that was pretty exciting just to, just to be in the same room with the guy, let alone playing covers. Were you, you know? an Angel fan? Uh, you know, I remember Angel, but I wasn't following mm-hmm. them. That was around the time when I was like more into Van Halen and stuff right. like that. But, but um, now that I've been playing with Frank, I am a fan now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny because so. they were, like, I, I just read this book about uh, Casablanca Records. Yeah. And they were kind of the antithesis to Kiss. Like Neil Bogart signed them because Kiss was like the dark makeup and all the craziness. And Angel was supposed to be like all dressed in white and yes. coming out in a spaceship. And it just didn't catch on. Right. You know, right. like they expected it to. Well, you know, I'm sure Frank will have a different version of that. <laughs> I'm sure, right. I'm sure. But that's what, you know, that's <laughs> but, what they're saying. But that's what they'll say, Yeah, exactly. I guess. So you were um, playing in the band with him. Yeah. And, and that was great. But I was dating Annie during mm-hmm. the time I was playing with Frank. 
And then when we decided to finally get married, I was thinking, my gosh, this is a great town. I've been here a lot, and the entertainment's amazing here. Mm -hmm. The food was just incredible. And I I thought to myself, this would be a great place to live. Why not just stay here? So I made the move from Southern California here because of Annie. Mm -hmm. And um, I've never regretted it. You mentioned that you were basically off last year from Striper. How is that when you get back in the rehearsal room after not playing for a while? You know, it's it's, it's like riding a bike, you know, because we already know half the stuff anyway. I'm really looking forward to playing the new album, which is right. It's fun. a great new record, Fallen. Thank you. Is the record actually the last two Striper records, Revelation and Fallen, have both been like, I, I told Mike uh, some of the, especially Revelation and this one, some of the best stuff you've ever done, not mm. just in the last couple of years, like of the whole Striper catalog. Mm. I think both those records are very standout. Yeah, yeah. No more hell to pay was definitely the. I'm sorry, I said Revelation. No yeah. more hell to pay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It definitely was a a a, a, a huge. Um, uh, I, I would say it, it was definitely a landmark thing for us to do that album. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, this is great vibe. Everything was cool about it. Kind of, kind of almost. A lot of people compared it to, to Hell with the Devil, mm-hmm. just because of the quality of the songs same and vibe. The production. Even the cover. <laughs> yeah, same, exactly. Similar thing. Yeah. Uh, but then coming out with Fallen was even taking it a step further mm-hmm. from that. And it's that I, I'm really, really pleased with that. And uh, especially Michael getting together with, um, you know, Clint uh, from, mm-hmm, Seven from Seven Dust. Dust yeah, Clint and, Lowry. And, and and that that song just really has a certain kind of Yahweh hair, hair stand on edge vibe to it, and I love it. It's great. So, I always like kind of like those heavier Striper songs. Like those, you guys always had that real heavy side to you, which was always my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's great. been like a resurgence, I think, for Striper over the last few years um, due to those records. Or, I mean, what do you, how do you feel? I, I, you know, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really happy. But there is a resurgence yeah. for the band, though. It's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There definitely has been a big resurgence. And, you know, Michael's worked really hard to, you know, pull it together. And mm-hmm. Lisa as well, his wife. His wife, yeah. Managing. She just has done an amazing job. Oh, she manages you guys now? She's been okay. working with managing us, yes. Gotcha. And, um, so that's been a big plus, and mm-hmm. they, they've done such a great job at doing that, and we're just kind of riding the Well, I mean, the y- you're talking train. about 30, 30, 30 years, plus 30 years. plus years of, of Striper with the original lineup, yes. which blows my mind, because that's pretty rare for any band to have an original lineup, you know? <laughs> well, there have been a few yeah. near-death experiences, <laughs> but we're still here. Yeah, you know, exactly. Great. Now, let me ask you this, in, 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 as far as... Um, you know, you guys were such a, an anomaly back in the '80s with with being, you know, the, the first real Christian metal band, or the biggest, let's say, and c- kind of taking the task for, for it in a lot of ways mm. uh, back in that time frame, especially. Mm. Now, it's just the way it is, and no one really even cares as much as they used to. It's like, oh my God, it's a Christian metal band now. It's like it's Striper. Yeah, and Striper, I think, has has really worked hard for that. Mm-hmm. Um, n- n- and it could have gone a number of ways, but I'm very thankful that, you know, we've had, I believe, divine intervention taking care of what, whatever we needed in that area. Mm. Even if people didn't like us, we still had some kind of a divine, I should say a huge kind of divine power pushing us along. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I believe, to be honest with you. Um, you can do all you want to make something happen. But if you don't have divine favor, I don't know that you'll get what you really should be getting. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion, uh, of course. And that's nothing, nothing bad about anyone who works really hard and gets something done and they did it. Okay? But I really believe having, having, if I can say it, having God be behind you, why wouldn't I want the creator of the universe mm-hmm. who knows all and created all? be the person behind what I'm doing. And that's did you, did you feel this always um, since you joined Striper, kind of this divine hand on your shoulder? I mean, you would think as a, as a Christian band standing up the way that you do, that you would have always have had that, but did you ever, did you really feel it? Well, it, 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 when I was small and, and didn't really know much about religion, mm-hmm. I should say, I went to a Catholic church with my grandmother, you know, was, was confirmed in the Catholic church, all that stuff. Um, I really still didn't really understand what all that meant. I just knew that there were these churches that prayed to a God that 
you know, there was Jesus on a cross and what did that mean and, and all that. Um, but as time went on, obviously, my mother, bless her heart, she did everything she could to be the best single mom she could. And um, she started going to church. She started going to a Pentecostal type of church. It was more of a hippie Pentecostal church because I remember all the guys having long hair and wearing, <laughs> you know, funky shirts and stuff. But um, that was where I really was introduced to the whole idea of being a born-again Christian. And that was the first time I opened up a Bible and started reading the stories mm-hmm. that went along with that. And when you read some of the stories, obviously some people might say, oh, you know, it's all fairy tales. But then, you know, there's proof that stuff happened. There's actual physical proof of it. And, and so after you read those stories and then you start to say, wow, these, these people really had God loving them and guiding them and doing miracles in front of their eyes, winning their battles, you know, bringing fire down from the sky out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredible things like that happening then when Jesus obviously came and started healing people and, and talking about what love was really supposed to be about, it t- took it to a new level. And, and, and so learning all of this stuff, going to my mom's church, just kind of really changed my whole perspective about it. But of course, there's always that element of, well, you know, I'm still living in the world and I'm, uh, you know, I got to do my thing and, you know, and I got to impress people or do whatever I have to do to be a great guitar player or whatever you do. Um, so you kind of get this half-hearted thing going where half of you is believing in that, but the other half is I got to be this. Right. Okay. And what happens is people miss the idea of surrendering everything to God. And when you get that is when you really start getting faith because once you take that step to surrender everything, then God will start doing everything for you. Mm-hmm. And that's really what started happening in my life. Uh, and, and I started moving ahead with faith that just didn't worry about anything anymore. I didn't worry about whether the band was selling albums or not or if I was gigging all the time or not. I just trusted that God was going to take care of it, and somehow he always does. Yeah, he, as long as you let him drive, yeah. he'll take you where you yeah. got to go. Yeah. Sometimes you don't like it, but... And, and I'm not trying to preach or anything. No, no, no. I'm just telling you from my own experience, that's what's happened in my mm. life. So for me, that's really all what it's all about. And, and then to be able to share that with people through the music I play is even cooler, mm-hmm. you know? And to get to a point now where 30 years later, Striper's very famous in, in a lot of circles, the doors open to me hmm. in a lot of places, especially here in Vegas. Everybody opens their doors. And, and I'm meeting a lot of guys here that uh, don't know anything about Christianity but start asking questions. Or they know a little bit, but they're skeptical, but they come up and they ask, well, why is it this and why is it that? And how come you say this? And, and I have the opportunity to share and talk to them about it. Or there's guys that, that I, just today, I had a guy that's a local musician, and uh, he's pretty well known here in town, and he showed up at church. He, calls, he texts me and says, what church do you go to? I think I'm going to come today. Hmm. You know, am I the guy that is going to trigger that for people here in town? I don't know. But I'm glad I was here to be able to tell him what church sure. I went to and be there when he showed up. See, but you, you, you know? just never know. Like, like I, I, I might have told you this before. I know I've told Michael before. But for me, as a, as a 14-year-old kid, when Soldiers Under Command came out, and you see this, this group of guys, and you guys look cool, cool hair, cool costumes. You know, at the time, you had, Christians weren't supposed to look like that. Right. You mentioned though there was the hippie church where the guys had long hair. You guys had this long hair, and it almost like so. If you want to be a Christian, you can still look like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was cool to me, even yeah. though I could never grow my hair that way or like look half as cool as you guys oh, at fourteen. Geez. But it still showed me like wow, like there you can still do this and be cool and be Christian at the same time. Well, yeah, and and you know that's a great thing. That's a great. Uh, factor in the whole thing mm-hmm. um, and and that definitely was part of a plan for us to to do that and bring a message to people mm-hmm. and, and and it wouldn't have worked if, if it wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. and that's why I feel it's important for us to grasp a hold of that whole concept in that idea that you surrender 
everything to God and he takes you places. Right. That's what we believed in the beginning. Mm-hmm. If we surrendered what we did and just continued to be who we were, we're going to reach a certain amount of people that will accept us and and really grasp you would believe, it's amazing to see how many people really just latched on to what we were and man we were their band mm-hmm. you know there was a lot a, of people like, like that I talk to every day yeah oh striper I love striper I love striper a guy called Howard Jones used to sing with Kill Switch Engage uh-huh. you know sings in a band called Devil you know we had a half an hour discussion about striper on this show yeah. you just never know who it was that you guys c- c- connected with mm. absolutely you, you know? know and 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and there's another thing, too. I mean, somebody just brought this up uh, to me. They said, you know, there were all these different Christian bands that were coming out and saying, well, this band is the alternative to yeah. Rat. Yeah. Or this band is White the Cross. alternative to whatever, you know. Baron Cross is Iron Maiden. But, yeah. but Striper, they, what, what I was told was Striper didn't sound like anybody. No. Sound like you, yeah. You know the tone of your guitars and everything. You always could tell a striper song, right? Exactly. You know what I mean, and and, and the leads and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So to me, that that was definitely a blessing, and it meant to be. Absolutely. But when you're talking about the great guitar players of the '80s in that era, I feel that you and and Michael and Striper are often overlooked. I want to know your thoughts on that, Oz, and if you think the Christian rock label had anything to do with that. But before you answer, I'm telling you, and all the talk is Jericho fans right here. Something's having a lot to do with my current success in the ring at WWE. I'm talking about DDP Yoga. Right, DDP and his DDP yoga program literally changed my life, saved my wrestling career, my singing career with Fozzie. I'm telling you what right now, I'm talking to you from Vienna. I've had seven matches in a row. I'm starting to feel a little sore and stiff. Uh, I'm not used to that many matches in a row. going to do some DDP yoga to loosen me up. I'm going to feel as good as brand new. Uh, just DDP yoga has done that for me, helped me feel brand new. You know what DDP yoga has done for Jake the Snake and Scott Hall? Save their lives. That's right. Have you seen McFoley and Raw lately? He's lost so much weight. Also, DDP Yoga. Corey Taylor, Rich Ward, RVD, AJ Styles, Goldust, all on the DDP Yoga program. So, right? It's great. DDP has got the DDP Yoga app right now, which not only lets you do all the workouts right from your phone, it also got a bunch of other cool features to keep you on the path to healthy living. You can use the DDP Yoga Now app to track your heart rate and calories as well. You can use it for pain tracking, measurements, even progress photos, and DDP Yoga Now app subscribers will never get bored doing the same workouts over and over again because DDP's added completely new 2.0 workouts and weekly live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center. So for a limited time, you can get the DDP Yoga DVD for 15% off, plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. All you got to do is go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's all you got to do to take advantage of this great deal, ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, and get 15% off the DDP Yoga program, plus three months of full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Change your life today. Hey everybody, it's Shaq. Have you had a chance to check out the number one podcast on Podcast One? That's right, the big podcast with Shaq. Me and my co-hosts, John Kincaid and Rob Jenners, we have a blast. With way more than just sports, we have the biggest guests from entertainment to the NBA. I promise you've never, ever heard a show like this. The big podcast with Shaq, with a new episode every Monday at PodcastOne.com. Do you think, like, if you're talking about the great guitar players of that era, um, and you mentioned, you know, your George Lynch or your Martinis or Van Halen, a lot of times Striper does not get mentioned in there. Do you think it's because of the Christian element? I, I, I would say in some sense, yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. stereotyping you. There, there definitely is a stereotype in the in the rock world. Or about prejudice, maybe, is yeah, a better yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and... and to me, I mean, you can say all you want about, you know, whether Striper's a Christian band or not, um, but in my opinion, that's part of being a Christian. You're going to get shunned, hmm. you know, and and because of that, you're blessed. And I honestly believe in that. I honestly believe that the Bible says, even though people persecute you or, or come against you or, or shun you, you know, it's it doesn't matter. What matters is that we stand up for what we believe which, in. Which, yeah, what you believe in. Yeah, right. and which is you know believe that Christ died and rose again, and and now He is because knowing Him and believing in Him, you will be in eternity with Him. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's my belief. You know, I can't force that on anybody. But all I can do is show in my life that God's blessed me and showed me that He's with me and mm-hmm. He's giving me favor and He's doing that for the band. So. There you go. Who, who were your favorite uh, guitar players when you were uh, starting out? 
Oh, geez. <laughs> I'm going to go back. Let's see. Let me get all the moths out of my head. Um, yeah. Um, you know, early, early, early on, when I actually first started playing guitar, there was a, an album that my mom played all the time um, that really sparked my interest in guitar. It was an album by Buck Owens hmm. called Open Up Your Heart. And uh, at that time, the guy that... Um, that was the session player on it, playing guitar, was James Burton. And he did this chicken-picking type mm-hmm. of almost rock style of playing that just really sparked my interest. And it made me want to play guitar. Hmm. And I was about six years old at the time. Oh, wow, okay. You know, So it was a long time ago. Well, obviously, I learned how to play guitar eventually, and then it, it, I moved from that. And because my dad was a huge... Um, a jazz fan, but he also liked Latin music. Uh, the only rock music my dad listened to was Santana. Uh, so I latched on to Santana mm-hmm. and really just got into his playing and his style and and what he was doing, his tone, and and that that pretty much set a pace for me uh, 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 as where I was going to go with you know my guitar playing mm-hmm. uh and then as i got older obviously it's it switched into um, guys like uh, michael shanker and really loved tony iomi because i got into that whole black sabbath metal sound yeah yeah yeah. you know so i was really big on that e- eventually it led to me listening to guys like uh jeff beck and uh, uh listening to i really got into yesterday and today which is y and t mm-hmm. now Got into them. Dave McKetty. Great player. Oh. That's an underrated guy, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Dave's a great guy, too. Yeah. That's what, that's Is it cool the, when you get to meet these guys? Oh, my yeah. God. They were just here. <laughs> and I got to go back and say hi to them, you know? Yeah. It was just amazing. Um, but but then uh, uh, eventually got into the guys like... Uh, I started actually taking lessons from a friend of mine, uh, a very popular Christian rock band called Guardian. They had a guitar oh, yeah. player named Tony, Tony Palacios. Tony Palacios, yeah. I ended up taking some... He, he saw a little bit of a dilemma in me during the In God We Trust period where... I was really just down on my plan, and he sat down with me and started teaching me theory. Really? Yeah. How did he see it? He just tell about the solos that you were playing, or the choices well, you were making. Well, just or? I was complaining to him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told him. <laughs> I was just like, dude, I can't play anything other than these licks, these same Van Halen and Michael Schenker licks, and he goes. Man, he goes, I'll sit with you and we'll work on some theory. That's interesting because your guys are a big band at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably your peak almost. Yeah, and and, and the reason why he I knew him was because I, I, I produced their first album. That's right, First Watch. Right. Great record. Yeah, and Tony was just amazing on that album. So he sat down with me, gave me a book of you know sheets of uh of charts and stuff and we just went over it and i just i just went through all my modes and hmm. you know pentatonics and listened to all the different people he was the one that introduced me to joe satriani he told me listen to uh, uh he told me to listen to uh, stevie ray vaughn told me to listen to because at that point i wasn't listening to anybody yeah, it's not metal <laughs> yeah, well yeah. i mean you know <laughs> i just knew what i knew yeah and and um and and got into um Oh my gosh, uh, Steve Vai. Did I mention Steve? You said Satriani. Uh, so Steve, okay, yeah. Steve blew my mind mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, Steve was like the uh, he was he was from some other universe with his playing. Yeah, and so I really connected with him. And I don't know if you hear if you listen to Against the Law. You'll hear some little things of Steve in there because I was listening to him. Not that kind of guy. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of like the little the little sound effect so, things. So you could imagine what it was like when Steve walked up to me at Disneyland Hotel one day when he was playing there during a Nam show, pat me on the back and said, "Dude, great job on Against the Law." <laughs> You're like, oh. I I, about, I I needed a diaper at that point. <laughs> it was so cool, and so that. <laughs> That's really where it was, you know, for me was just to see that I could uh, 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 really work and bring myself to a new level of playing. And that's interesting because I mean, a lot of guys would not do that. I, um, if you ever saw the Rush documentary that they had, where he went and took lessons from, I think his name is Freddie Roach, like a famous jazz drummer, and okay. Neil went and took lessons from him. You know. 25, 30 years into Rush, being Neil Peart, the greatest drummer ever, yes. still wanted to learn more and get better. I mean, that's, that, that says a lot. Interesting enough, okay, so that was in 1989 when I was doing those lessons with Tony. Yeah. And I've ridden on that. And then, of course, Striper 
was not together from 92 till 2003. So I spent a long time not even playing guitar. Wow. Um, working at a warehouse and, and then, and then we got back together and started playing again. So I had to kind of brush up on everything and cut my, cut myself back to where I was playing again, but still not really satisfied and hardly ever am I satisfied with my own playing. So a year ago, uh, I started taking jazz lessons from a cat here in town Hmm. and, um, just have now I'm realizing that everything I've ever learned was this much of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, the tip of the iceberg. The tip of the iceberg. And now I'm learning so much. There's so much more that I've, since I'm studying jazz, I, 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 I'm flabbergasted, mm. you know? But it's cool, too, because sure. I was raised that my dad listened to jazz, right. like I said before. So I'm familiar with it. And being familiar with all this jazz, I can go to my teacher and say, well, do you remember this song from, you know, such and such? And he'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know that, huh? I'm like, yeah, because, my, you know, I knew. And, and he'll pull out some sheets, and we'll sit there, and we'll start going through stuff. And I, like I said, I'm learning things that I've never, ever in my life played. You know, I'm so used to playing roots at the top of my guitar. Well, the roots now, I'm learning to go everywhere when I'm playing a chord. You know, yeah. my inversions are now, my roots are down at the first string, and I'm going to play, <laughs> you know. And doing different things that it's like it's like learning Chinese, really. But you know, I got a feeling that in the next maybe see, I'm 54 years old right now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, in the next um, six years, I can kind of retire from rock and then <laughs> yeah. do some guitar here in town. Be the jazz man in the corner <laughs> at the at the coffee shop. <laughs> but I mean, you mentioned this. I mean, they're talking about how big Striper was in the 80s. You know, multi platinum records and all this stuff. And then when you guys finally broke up and you had to go work in a warehouse. Must have been a little bit of a culture shock for you. Well, not really. I mean, I, I worked warehouse before I was in Striper, mm-hmm. so I understood it and I knew what it was all about. Uh, it wasn't hard to figure out and wasn't hard to organize. And I'm real good with like you know, I'm very anal about you know counting and all that kind of stuff and making sure everything's in the right places, uh, making sure orders are filled out properly. All that kind of stuff was really natural for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I ended up working for JBL Professional Warehouse in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Started in 1994, I believe. And I worked there all the way through till Striper got back together. Mm. Um, and um, Was it was it one of those it, things it, where people were like, are yeah. you guys Fox? Oh, yeah. People <laughs> recognized me. Every yeah. time. It was funny. I got a good story for you. There was one receptionist gal that was working there. And... Uh, and I walked in with, it was cold, obviously it was winter time, it was cold, and I was wearing these, the only sweatshirt I had that was clean was a striper sh- sweatshirt. <laughs> so I walk in, and this girl at the front desk looks at me, she goes, oh, she goes, oh, do you, do you like striper? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they're okay, they're pretty cool. And she goes, oh, she goes, I'm friends with Oz Fox. <laughs> and I go, oh, is he cool? <laughs> I never told her, dude. It's embarrassing just, if you did, right? Yeah, exactly. I just kind of just didn't say anything. I just, oh, that's cool, you know? <laughs> and you try and not be you, right? Put your hair up on a ponytail. <laughs> but, but was it, uh, did you find, um, uh, for, for example, Against the Law, which in my opinion is my favorite Striper record, but there was a little bit of a shift in the way you guys looked and got rid of the yellow and black and that sort of thing. Yeah. Was that something, was there a spiritual issue there where you weren't as, as connected as you could have been or well, should there have been? Were, I, think, I think there were a number of things that happened at that point. Um, you know, I'm sure you've probably heard some of the stories. Um, we did go through a time when we kind of lost track of our belief. Mm-hmm. We were doing stuff we shouldn't have been doing, and thank God we pulled out of that, you know. But was it just a burnout, maybe, or, or just a rebellion? Yeah, or? You, you know, I, I don't know. I, I want to say that part of that is the half-hearted mm. Christianity, where you 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 kind of have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not completely dedicated to God and surrendering completely, you can definitely go in that direction because mm-hmm. you become selfish and self-centered, and you start getting frustrated with the way things aren't going the way right. you know you want them to instead of saying well lord it's in your hands you go oh, i'm going to do this you know so we kind of strayed away from you know what what we were believing in and we we started becoming more rebels and well who cares what anybody says you know let's have a drink and let's mm-hmm. you know let's uh 
you know, we changed the outfits mostly because the label wanted us to do something different. They wanted us to kind of break away from the yellow and black and do something more you know, rootsy and rock. Mm-hmm. And, and we did. I think we pulled it off I think very it well. The look wasn't the issue. Yeah, it looked no, great. And, and it obviously showed so much more talent mm-hmm. uh, of us being able to pull off all of that stuff and be more in that kind of a category of, of music. I mean, Michael just sang his butt off. Mm-hmm. And so, you played your butt off, too. Well, album, yeah, you know. I, did my best and yeah. was really happy. Um, but, you know, I mean, yes, there were some things going on with us in our hearts that weren't weren't good. Mm-hmm. And I admit that. And very happy that we uh, put our foot down and said, no more. We're going to, you mm-hmm. know, and that started with Michael. Michael was the one who kind of got sick of the whole thing and said, you know what, we can't do this anymore. Mm. You know, and then we all kind of figured it out and started soon. going yeah. back yeah but then shortly after that he left the band right now, let me ask you, there's a couple of things in striper history i was uh, wanted to ask you about one was dale thompson from bride sang with you one gig or one a one, one show because you were going to go on michael left and you're like we're going to continue well we wanted to yeah you know um and dale was obviously a great friend and you know we thought well let's see if he'd be interested in doing it and he came and he killer voice he jammed with us and yeah he's great great singer and um it didn't work out he's decided he didn't want to do it after all okay you know and uh and of course you know i think they were trying to mold him into something at that time i think janice was part of the Mm. the mom was still kind of involved with the band and and, gotcha uh, that's janice sweet yeah and i think she was talking to him about putting on these pants (laughs) and dale was yellow and black or something yeah he wasn't about all that and and I think he just finally just said, you know, this isn't for me. And, you know, it's good for him. I mean, you know, he made a good choice, and we ended up not continuing after that. But then you guys went on as a trio, though, right? Uh, With you on vocals. Only only because we had some dates. Gotcha. You know, it wasn't that we were trying to replace Michael in any way in that sense. Mm -hmm. I by no means could sing like Michael at all. Um, but you're a hell of a singer, though. You're a great singer. Well, yeah, thank you. And, and you know, I don't like being a front man. <laughs> I was going to say. I, I tried it, you know, and I did a band in the 90s called Sin Dizzy, mm-hmm. and, uh, which there still is a CD out there that you can purchase of that. Yeah. But but um, it just eventually just got to a point where I was like, man, I, I don't really, it's not my love to sing. Although I can sing okay, I can sing good, but I just it's just not my thing. I'm much more into playing guitar. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, that, that kind of uh, was, uh, I had to finally make a decision and say, you know, this is what I'm going to focus on. Must have been kind of weird too, though, because Stripe has so many harmonies and double leads and a lot of harmonies in the vocals too. To lose a member and go in three, you got to handle everything. Uh, yeah, that that can be a problem. I uh, there was one time when we actually took Tony Palacios. Uh, uh, oh, really? Well, yeah. we had toured in Europe one time to do some dates, and Tony at Guardian was on the same bill, so Tony jumped in and did some of the oh, okay. second guitar work. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, but, you know, just, I don't know. Striper, to me, wouldn't be the same without original members. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not anymore. Mm-hmm. Not after this long, you know. And now that it's 30 years plus, and, you know, I couldn't fathom seeing the man with anybody else, you know. Yeah. And unless something happened to one of the band members, and then we'd really have to decide whether we want to move on, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So. so the original Striper lineup is still touring. It's great. Uh, you guys are doing To Hell with the Devil in its entirety. And I know there's some songs you haven't played in years, if ever. I want to talk about how you prepared for this anniversary tour. I'm going to be there uh, on Saturday. But first, we've got to talk about tomorrow's UFC 205 card. Rashad Evans isn't fighting. The commission refused to grant him a license, so I would say don't include him on your MMA fight team at DraftKings.com. But don't worry. The UFC 205 card is stacked anyways. You can still pick Conor McGregor or Eddie Alvarez or Misha Tate and Woodley. Hey, you get six fighters, so you just choose any combination of those. Stay under the salary cap, and if you use my promo code Y2J at DraftKings.com, you can play for free with your fattest deposit. Playing fantasy MMA is easy at DraftKings. Like I said, choose your six fighters, then rack up points for significant strike. Strikes, takedowns, submissions, knockouts, and this weekend you can play for your share of over $300,000 in total prizes. 
All you got to do is use my promo code Y2J. You play for free with your first deposit. Be a part of history. Get in on the action and bring the excitement of MMA to a whole nother level. Play fantasy MMA at DraftKings.com. Get to DraftKings.com now. Choose your fighters and you can win some serious cashola Saturday night when UFC 205 hits Madison Square Garden in New York City. Use my promo code Y2J to play for free for your first deposit. Promo code Y2J to play for free for your first deposit. Promo code Y2J to play for free for your shot at over $300,000 in prizes. Pick your fighters, register them, sit back, make your money, and never give it up. DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. All right, Striper's playing the To Hell with the Devil album in its entirety on this tour, and they haven't played some of those songs in years, if ever, so Oz is going to fill us in on the rehearsals, what he personally did to prepare for this tour, and speaking of preparation, if you're in the market for a car, new or used, let True Car and the True Car app not only prepare you for the buying experience, but actually make it quicker and easier when you're ready to pull the trigger. True Car is the only reason I got my Cadillac Escalade to drive around town when I'm home in Tampa, getting ready to go home, so excited. I was able to research vehicles on the True Car app, compare features and prices, and then I used True car to make my powder chips, and it was easy and so fast. I was in and out of the dealership in about 90 minutes. 90 minutes. When's the last time you bought any car in 90 minutes? And if you're not looking for a brand new car, True Car and the True Car app can also help you buy a used car. Over a half a million pre owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. So whether you're looking for a brand new car or a gently used car, you can get upfront pricing information from True Car so you can enjoy a better car buying experience. Using True Car and the True Car app lets you see what other people paid for the car you want. So you can determine a fair price and feel confident when you buy your car. True Car connects you with a local flight certified dealer of your Schwazen who will honor your guaranteed savings, which makes your car buying process quicker and easier, right? And also remember this, True Car users save an average of $3,279 of MSRP and over 2 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car certified dealer network. If you want to get a new car, you want it to be quick, easy, and cheaper, go to True Car, check it out. That's what I did. It really works. You're going to love it. All right, it's the 30th anniversary of Striper's classic To Hell With The Devil album, and guitarist Oz Fox has been sharing some great stories with us. All right, Oz, let me ask you, when you guys are touring around, what are some of the countries that are biggest for uh, for Striper? Um, well, it's just from my perspective, it seems like every country is pretty <laughs> pretty well, re- they receive us really well. Yeah. But um, I, I know we've done really, really well um, we did really well in uh, in Australia. We've done really well in Korea. Number of s- countries in Europe. Were, Just so wherever you go. Yeah, yeah. And we went to India. Mm. Played two shows in India uh, a few years back. And that that this is recent. Right, I right, right, right. Say that. And there were thousands of people there. And I don't know if it was just they wanted to see a great rock show or what, but they were singing our songs. How is that when you go and have Indian people or Koreans yeah. singing songs about God? I mean, what are you going to say? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a great feeling to see that people are accepting what you're about mm-hmm. and that they're singing the songs in English and the fact that they even know them. You know, uh, Spain. Spain's another great place for us to play. They love us there and they know all the words of the songs. Mm-hmm. You know, that was more recent. We started going there when we reunited in 2005 and started playing Spain and man, they're just amazing crowds there. Unbelievable. Brazil. Yeah, uh, South America, right? South yeah. America. All man, they love us down there. And 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 so it's a great it's a great great feeling to to know that we can still do this and um and have the fans come see us and still believe in us and be a part of what we do. You know? Do you have people like if you go to Korea, for example, come up to you and say that you know you've influenced them to get into God, or does that even exist over in a country yeah, like Korea? Yes, it does. Wow. It does happen. I get emails and Facebook comments and all that kind of stuff nowadays. Now that you got all yeah. that, yeah. Um, so the, we are touching people's hearts out in different countries like that, and hmm. uh, and. Um, Man, I mean, and the dynamic is there. It really is a really cool dynamic between uh, between me and Annie, because Annie's what Annie does. My wife, you know, she mm-hmm. reached her 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 she ministry, ministry reaches too. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and there's so many people that are caught up in the sex trafficking mm-hmm. thing that you know now now I'm behind what she does, and um, I see. 
I see the emails she gets from different places. It's it's pretty amazing. What a team you are! I'm sure, like you know, the, the uh, um, old school ministers and, and Christians probably go, "What the heck? You got a rock and roll guy, and you got a uh, Annie being a former sex the sex worker, sex worker, right? And you guys are now ministry. Yeah, you know, and I, I can just see like that's that's probably the coolest mix ever. <laughs> does it not seem like it fits very well? Yeah. <laughs> it sure does, right? Yeah, um, it was it was great. You know, the first time uh, I, I actually came out here before we were start we started dating. I came out here to Vegas to do a gig at the old Hilton, mm-hmm. uh, which is now the Westgate. Right. Um, it was kind of a, a, a birthday party for this kind of a I want to say he's like a a bachelor guy that's like contestant uh, on the bachelor uh, uh, no 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 oh. he was a uh kind of like a playboy kind of okay gotcha and um his mom was very rich and she rented out one of the big halls oh, and turned it into a uh a haunted house kind of halloween kind of mm-hmm. thing and everybody had to get dressed up in a costume to come to this thing including the guys in the bands well fortunately this is with frank when i was doing this thing with frank um they told the band member, well, the, they told the bands that each band member had to dress up like an 80s rocker. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. <laughs> so, I can do that. So obviously I pulled out the old stuff. And, and at that time, Annie and I were friends. Um, and I invited her. You know, I invited her to come. So I says to Annie, I says, I says yeah. I says, you're going to have to dress up in a costume if you come. And she's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't want to do that. And, eh. and I'm all, well, I, you can't come. you got to have a, an, an outfit. Don't you have anything? She goes, eh, all I have is my bad girl outfit. I said, yeah, wear that. <laughs> so she shows up, right? She's got a bustier and a mini skirt and fishnets, and she's got these crystal uh, uh, heels mm-hmm. on, you know? She comes walking in, and she was just gorgeous. My gosh. I looked at her, and I was like, oh, my, my, my jaw dropped. <laughs> you know? And she comes up. She's smiling. She gives me a hug. And, you know, we ended up hanging out till like, 7 in the morning mm-hmm. after that. And it's sharing and just talking about, you know, our Christianity. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't, I mean, didn't take more than a, a, a few minutes for me to realize she was the one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you're wearing, was, and you're wearing your bumblebee outfit. It, well, no, actually, oh. I was more against the law kind of. Okay. Outfit. Yeah, the black <laughs> the black and blue. <laughs> Do you still have all those old costumes? I still have all that stuff. That's yeah. great. All like you know, in, a, in a closet full? In a box. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did, did, did it, I'm not going to say hurt your feelings, but did it uh, bother you like in the 80s when you guys would play gigs and you would have Christians picketing against you? Because you were playing music for no, God, no, it didn't bother me. Yeah, I, of course the Bible talks about getting persecuted. Yeah. you know, by like like Jesus was persecuted by the Pharisees, so why wouldn't that happen to us? Mm-hmm. By, you know, the uh, real militant uh, Christians, you know, the right? More conservative, you know, types, and um, so it happened, and it was like, well, count it all joy, right? <laughs> you know, and and I think there were times when. Uh, I think Robert would go out there and try to talk to him, and they wouldn't listen. Um, you know, just 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 the way it was, you know. And for us, every now and then, you know, we would win some people over, you know. And later on, I started getting emails from people that said, you know, I used to be one of those people that bashed you guys, you know, but I don't anymore. I could see you guys are for real, mm-hmm. you know. So that that was nice to later see that happen, um, and of course. That same trend happened to Annie, you know, when she started her Hookers for Jesus. Right. So that was one of the things that I thought was a big plus for to meet her in the first place was that I could really relate to her with that kind of thing because mm-hmm. she did get a lot of sure and still to this day you guys are, are coming always, from different ends but getting the same hassle. Yeah, yeah. For doing the same thing that the other Christians, quote unquote, are doing. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, so, so it's 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 a it's a great thing, and I, I love standing up for her. You know? <laughs> Just my thing. You yeah, know? I was born to stand up for Annie. <laughs> you know, uh, when you're talking about the ministry, and you mentioned the Bible, I was thinking the other day they were talking about how um, basically paper money is going to be going the way of the the dodo. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting if even if you don't believe 
in God or believe in the Bible, you have to at least admit that everything that it says in the Bible of things that are hap- would happen to the world are happening now, which you'd have to be really stupid to not go, okay, well, there's something to this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Blind. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people that would probably just call it a coincidence or, mm-hmm. you know, just not, not, not really make light of any of it, you know, Yeah. just because so many people don't, they don't understand the love of God and they don't understand how much he loves them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's a very sad place to be. Yeah. You know, um, even if you're the best of persons, you're still not the person you should be without God loving you and you loving God. Um, and so I, I, all I can say is I would hope that I can at least be an example to some of those people in mm-hmm. some way or some form. Right. You know, and... Because you see that with like you're talking about one world government or talking about yeah. like I said like the newest thing now is like we still have credit cards and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff but it's, that's going to be yeah the, abolished the chip will go in your finger yeah there's already people putting chips in there and isn't that yeah. you know like you have to have this mark yeah to buy and sell <clears throat> yeah it's totally getting set up for that and in the modern world the mark could be a chip in your finger yeah and how about all of the stuff that's going on in the Middle East right now when Israel's being surrounded by his enemy by its enemies right. And now they found oil in some of their part of what Israel is claiming is theirs, but it actually there's a battle over the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so as soon as you know, there's going to be some kind of war going on. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I think it's all just kind of putting into play for what prophesied in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know? So. Eh. What are you going to do? Well, I mean, you know? what you do is just make sure you're on the right team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, And another thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, is, is you were mentioning about doing the um, lessons with Tony Palacios and how Dale came and sang with you. It, it seemed like it was a very, I mean, obviously Christian metal bands, there weren't a lot of them, but you guys kind of all knew each other or, or got along. Yeah. And now you're actually in Bloodgood, which is another, uh, another great yeah. Christian band of the era. <laughs> Are you in blood good or are you just, just I, I, with them? I am in blood good uh, unless I'm busy with Striper. Okay, yeah. Okay. So uh, we did do an album um, a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, ended up uh, being a really, really great album. It is. Um, yeah. uh, but obviously they're selling it out of their uh, out of their website, so they don't really sell a lot of units. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, it's still there. The guys are still around. They still want to kind of play and do their thing. So, you know, when they have gigs, I do my best to make it to the gigs, as long as I obviously don't have a scheduled sure. striper. How did that come about? Well, uh, probably around 2006. This was after I had already went through my, my divorce from my first marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and striper was st- back together, but not really touring much, not doing much, you know, as far as being busy and, and all that. Um, they, they approached me because I'd already been friends with, uh, with, with Les Carlson, the singer, because he lived in Fontana and I lived in Rancho Cucamonga at the time. And we just happened to bump into each other at that warehouse mm-hmm. that I worked in for JBL. He would, he came in to, he, he, he owned a business that sold framed art door to door. Wow. Okay. So he walks into my uh, warehouse office one day and I just happened to walk into the office and, you know, I was like, dude, what are you doing here? You know? <laughs> and then he kind of explained to me that he moved from Seattle and now he's doing this business, you know, and, um, and he did very well with it, you know? And, um, so that, that was, oh my gosh, that had to be back in like 1996, maybe that I'd run into him. So we started hanging out a little bit. And, um, so then lo and behold, years later, um, I got asked to be a part of a, uh, a, a, a kind of like a Christian retreat in England, of all places. Um, and um, uh, Michael Bloodgood was being asked to be there. This, what a great the same name. Event. Yeah, like, I know. Awesome name, right? Yeah. Bloodgood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so um, we ended up hanging out a lot in England for that week and uh, just became really good friends and... Um, so when it came time for they they started getting some uh, 
somebody was interested in doing a re-release of one of their albums and and maybe see if they could do a, a release of one of their live uh, videos. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're talking about doing that, and then they thought, well, let's add a second guitar player to the band. And they started talking about it, and they thought, well, you know, we both know Oz, and, you know, they really liked me a lot. And they thought, well, if there was going to ever any be anyone in the band other than Paul Jackson, who is an outrageously awesome yeah. player, um, they would want me. You know, so they asked me, and I basically said, you know, I talked to Michael about it. I was going to say, do you call him up yeah. and say, I got this? No, yeah, offer. and I always run stuff like that by Michael, you know, because, so, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, do anything to uh, be be detrimental detrimental to Striper's schedule or any of that. And Michael was like, yeah, if he, we got, we're not doing anything. Why don't you go do it? So that's kind of... That's cool. That's what happened. Yeah. And that's how bands stay together, too, by the <laughs> yeah, way. right. <laughs> you Compromise. talk it over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Remember that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you have the same original lineup 30 years later. I remember I went and saw Blood Good in Winnipeg where I grew up at a roller rink. Oh, wow. Probably 1986 or so. And yeah. it was like you had to sit on the floor like there was no chairs. Mm. I just remember that. I was one of the first bands I'd ever seen. And to see them up close when you had albums that you could actually listen to and hold in your hand. Yeah. And they're playing right in front of you. It was one of those, as a kid... I'll never forget seeing Blood Good. Yeah. Very random. <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually saw Striper, too. Um, in 88, I drove from Winnipeg to Fargo, North Dakota oh, wow. to see you guys play, uh, and White Lion opened up. Yeah. And so at, after the show was done, you guys were having a meet and greet. And I just kind of attached myself to the meet and greet. Like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, where he just goes, oh, I'm going to go on this field trip and just get in the back of the line. And I got, uh, I had wanted to get a picture with everybody, and I had one picture left on my camera and it was with you i still have it oh, you how and me. cool yeah and then i took one more i want to get one with robert it didn't work oh <laughs> you know those days though yeah. i still have the shot of you and me sure that's you had awesome. super long hair and a sweater on but <laughs> you know you don't for, you, like, like you mentioned you don't forget that stuff that was a real uh important time for us to meet with our fans in after know, the show you yeah mean? after shows and and you know, it was great to be able to create kind of that bond mm-hmm. that, you know, and to this day, nobody forgets like yourself. Right. So those are the people that still come to see us play. And, and you know, it's important, you know. Nowadays, the unfortunate thing is there's not enough money in, in uh, at least for some of us, I should say. <laughs> not everybody's like us, mm-hmm. but there's not enough money for us uh, to... to uh, there's not enough money coming in with guarantees to help us with our tour. Right. So there's been a lot of these meet and greet packages that they started doing these days. And Mm. some people are really just milking people. Yes. Some people are charging so much money and and they're hardly even there, you know, for Mm -hmm. it. That's true. So we charge a little bit of money because it is work. Mm -hmm. It it is work to sit there and, and, sign all those autographs that they want well, and yeah. take pictures with everybody. It, it takes a toll out of you, especially if you have to do a show later on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that, that does now help us, you know, financially yeah. to keep our tours going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hopefully everybody will understand that. And, you know, and, and just for the amount that we charge, it's not as much as I think people else. do because I know we started that with Fozzie a few years ago because, you know, people understand like, if, let's say you have a day off on, on the road. Yeah. You still got to pay the bus. You yes. still got to pay the crew. You still got to pay the driver. Yeah. O, you know, over driver hotels, blah blah blah. Right. And even just to put gas in the tank yes. is so expensive. Exactly. And without tour support, and now without revenue coming in from the albums, at least meet and greets and VIPs will help you supplement the income it, it, a bit. It really does help. You know. So yeah. I mean, you know, that's helping to keep these tours alive. And I really mm-hmm. appreciate that people do that. Yeah. That they'll they'll do that. I thought it was interesting on that tour we were talking about. You guys did it after the show. You guys would always meet with fan, with that, fans after the show yeah yeah after the, back in the day we would mm-hmm. it was one of the things that i wanted to do mostly oh i think annie's calling me um one of the things i wanted to do was to meet with people after shows because i used to be the kid that would wait outside the door of a venue waiting to see if i'm going to get a chance to meet the artist yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, a limo would pull up and they get in the car and take <laughs> yeah. off so that was always kind of like oh that sucks you know mm-hmm. that's terrible you know, so in the early days of Striper, I would always walk out 
and just try to meet with people. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. It was great to make that connection with people. It's a real chance to get yeah, to know yeah. the kids that are there. So, and, and still to this day, you, people will catch us individually sometimes when we're walking out to whatever, to the bus or, you know, to our cars or whatever. And we'll sign a few autographs, you know, right there. We mm-hmm. won't just walk away, mm-hmm. you know. So, but the meet and greet package, you get all four of us. Right. And picture and we become, shirt. And, we, yeah. we got a backdrop. We stand there and everybody <laughs> yeah. gets in the middle and we take pictures of everybody. So that's definitely yeah. a plus. If you give people their money's worth on stuff like that, yeah. they'll always be happy. Oh, yeah. You, you know? get a package with yeah. stuff in it. A little merch, a little yeah, swag little, bag. I love the little... The, the little um, it's a, a stress reliever squeeze creature, I call it. In the <laughs> shape of a, it? It's, a, it's the shape of a devil, and it says, to hell with the devil. So when you're frustrated. See, now I want to get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I still got my Bible that you guys gave me from 88. Now I want the squeeze creature. <laughs> a couple last questions for you, man. Yeah. You mentioned before that you were a big Sabbath fan. Is that where you got Oz from? Where did, where did the name Oz come from? Do you even yeah. remember? Yeah. The the name Oz came from me imitating Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, really? Back when I was playing backyard parties in my hometown of Whittier, ah. California, and um, people started calling me Oz. Like vocally, you would you sound like Ozzy singing? I mean, would or? impersonate his voice. Gotcha. I'd try to make my, you know, what is this that stands before me? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and uh, so I ended up, uh, you know, having a lot of people call me Oz. They called me that in high school. Teachers would call me Oz. And eventually when I got into Striper, that's how Robert and Michael knew me as Oz. Ah. So we kept the name Oz and, um, and then we came up with Fox later. It's a great rock and roll name. Yeah, it works. Yeah. For a little Hispanic kid from Whittier, (laughs) I guess he works okay. And the other thing I wanted to mention was I have a website. Okay. Uh, It's uh, it's a guitar lesson website where you can learn. You subscribe to it, um, and you can learn about uh, how I play all the different modes that I learned from Tony. Wow. You know, and I'm adding to that. Library. Do you teach day. lessons too on this, or just more uh, no, just like videos? It's that all are up videos there. that you could subscribe to, kind of like Netflix. Gotcha. About the same price. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. if you buy the 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 year thing, then it's a little eight and some change, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, and then if you want to pay month to month, it's ten ninety nine. But you can go in and see some stuff. And there's interviews from guys. Um, I got an interview from Tony. Oh, that's right on, on there. Handful of different Howie Simon, who played with uh, uh, Alcatraz recently in the yeah, last yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some great stuff there. Michael's got an interview there. Oh, cool. Um, highlighting it, his plan and all is that. Is it OzFox.com? No, it's called Sir Oz Academy. Sir Oz Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, you know, I've got that going right now, and I'm still kind of adding to it as we go. And, you know. When you guys, you mentioned, Michael, I mean, like I said earlier, your, your double leads and harmony leads are tremendous from, from reach out all the way to this day. Do you guys sit down together and just bang it out, or does Michael have an idea, or do you have an idea, or how do you get that stuff going? Yeah, in the very beginning, there definitely was, Michael had all these ideas, and I would sit down and, and harmonize with whatever he was doing. You know, there have been some times when he and I would have hashed out some ideas. You know, he would come up with something and I'd say, "Okay, well, let's try this after that. And and we would work it out. So there were a handful of those as well. Right. Um, But, you know, I mean, we work so well together and we great tandem. We can we can pretty much play each other's stuff. No problem. Style. Yeah. To speak. Of course, if you hear Michael by himself, he's totally different style by himself than I am. I'm a different player, you know. So you can tell the difference, you know, but um, uh, but when we come together to play together, we nail each other's vibe really well. Such so great chemistry there. It's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And, you know, I think ho- hopefully we'll continue to do that. I think the last album, we've had some great stuff. Uh, Absolutely. You know, that was uh, put together. And I had to, on the Pride, the song Pride, when we had to do harmony on that, it's a whole harmony and basically, we didn't have time to get together, so I just said, "Mike, you you make up the solo, and I'll just make the harmony for it." <laughs> so, I had to sit there and really just, ah, oh, man, he did me in. He really, <laughs> he did really me got in. you. He's a great player. He sure and is. Not too yeah. many people realize it. Yeah, you know, but he is a great player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to hearing what his new stuff sounds like because he just did a solo. Yeah, I know album. he's another solo. Yeah. Album. He's very prolific these, these days. Yeah, yeah. When you get into a room to, to bang out some of these songs in rehearsal, do you have to relearn them? Like when you record a record, and don't play the song for six months, yeah. kind of forget how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you know, fortunately this time I've I've kind of spent some time working on all the songs, so. 
he just recently gave me the song list, and and the songs that he picked are probably going to be easy for me to do because okay, I, I've already kind of been working on them since gotcha. we stopped, you gotcha. know, recording. But uh, but then there's a whole bunch of older ones that he wants to do, and I'm going, oh boy, <laughs> okay. It's cause we gotta do, we're, we're, I mean, you you gotta sit there and figure out how you're. What oh yeah. You did. Stop. Start. Pause. There's a, there's a guy. He comes on. Uh, his name is Mike Gross. It's called RockingGuitarLessons.com. He 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 uh he figures out songs by other bands, and and shows you how to play them. And sometimes I have to go watch him play. <laughs> Something. Like, oh yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> learn, how, learn your own songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last question: What's your favorite solo that you've ever played? If you had to pick one, and what's your favorite song to play live? Oh, jeez. Could you pick one? Uh, all the Striper songs. I mean, if I can pick the funnest one to play live, it has to be Soldiers mm-hmm. Under Command. That's definitely a fun one to play because it's got all the elements of Striper. It's Striper, it. yeah. Yeah. You can, one Striper song in a time capsule, yes. that would be it. That's the one that is probably the quintessential Striper anthem. Uh, and, and I know everybody might say it's um, To Hell With The Devil. Mm-hmm. Okay, Yeah, that is a, definitely an anthem song. But to me, Soldiers was yeah. the start. Yeah, it's a little bit more uh, intricate for sure. Right. And favorite solo? Favorite solo, ah, geez. I, I, I guess I'm kind of partial to the way. Ah, you wrote it, your song. Well, if if if, if it was, yeah, a choice of gu- guitar solos, that pretty much set a precedence of my playing. Mm-hmm. That solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts off with the springboard, yeah. you know, and then <laughs> yes. does all these cool little riffs in different modes and whatever. I can hear it in my head right yeah, now. Yeah, right. It's, it's a very a, melodic solo. Can, yeah, and that one definitely is probably the easiest and the funnest to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think one of my wackiest ones was from the Against the Law album. Definitely uh, not that kind of guy. Yeah, I'm thinking that one too. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite. That's the wackiest one. Yeah, I've that's ever very Vi-esque, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oz, it's been great talking hey, to you, man. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank I you, really brother. appreciate the time, and thanks for coming out. And it's great to hang, man. We should hang out. More. I know. I agree. I you agree. Got to come agree. out more often. I know. We can have a jam. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, thanks to Oz Fox. Great conversation. Remember, Stripers to Hell with the Devil 30th Anniversary Tour has a few dates left tomorrow night uh, at the Agora Theater in Cleveland, Sunday in Columbus, the 16th, Detroit, November 17th, Reading, Pennsylvania, November 19th, the Stowe Pony in Asbury Park, New Jersey. I will be there. I think that's where Bruce Springsteen cut his teeth. November 20th, the Gramercy Theater in New York, and November 21st, the last date of the tour is in Raleigh, North Carolina. You don't want to miss it. It's a great show, a great set. They're playing the album in its entirety than playing some other classic Striper uh, hits. Uh, and then they will be on the Monsters of Rock cruise from February 2nd to the 7th. Ship leaves from Tampa, Florida. There's still tickets left. Go to striper.com. And hey, if you don't have Striper to Hell with the Devil album, you can get it on Amazon. Great album, classic. And if you really want to treat yourself, get the new Offenged Sevenfold album, The Stage, while you're there, and go listen to Shadows and Gates and Johnny Christ on the Avenged Sevenfold week from a few, uh, few shows ago. And remember, when you do buy The Stage or to help the devil, please use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links to make your pouches. You can find my Amazon links at podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got them Amazon links for USA, UK, Canada, A. Every time you use the Amazon links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage of the show to help us cover production costs. You can buy just about anything you can think of on Amazon. Use them Amazon links, won't cost you anything extra. No hidden fees or extra charges. Just go to podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You're going to find all my sponsors there as well. DDPyoga.com slash Jericho. 15% off the yoga program plus three months full access to the DDP Yoga Now app. DraftKings, use my promo code Y2J to play for free with no deposit this weekend for uh, fantasy MMA. And then there's Bowling Branch. Go to BowlingBranch.com, use the promo code Jericho. Get $50 off your first set of sheets. All right. Big thanks for checking out the Jericho Network at Podcast One as well. Got another hit in our hands, Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. This week's episode is my favorite yet. It's a huge uh, debate between Calgary and Winnipeg. Where is uh, Which one is the better wrestling city? Okay, you got to go check it out and make your choice. Who has the better wrestling talent? Who actually grew up in Calgary versus who grew up in Winnipeg? Plus, you got to hear the crazy story about Culcomania that Cyrus tells. You got to go check it out. And don't forget, keeping it 100 with Conan. Uh, that launch of the band keeps growing. Conan just goes Inferno, KG, funny, opinionated, not afraid to talk about anything, and then of course talking about just the most random pop culture, uh, uh, pop culture ideas and episodes that you're going to hear from. Team 
Tiger Awesome, the hilarious Team Tiger Awesome, Monday Truly Engaged, discuss uh, this week how they would individually handle the apocalypse as far as pleasuring themselves. Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> Go hit the subscribe button on all the Jericho Network shows. Be sure to leave a five-star rating review on iTunes. We appreciate it. Uh, and we got a big podcast, 122 days until Mick Foley joins us for the biggest podcast ever. And speaking of big podcasts, I got another huge Talk is Jericho live podcast coming up November 20th at the Bassett Theater in Toronto. There's been a little bit of a change. Original guest AJ Styles, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, could not do the show. But I got a great replacement for you. I think you're going to like it maybe even better. My best friend Kevin Owens is going to be there. That's right. Kevin Owens, November 20th at the Bassett Theater in Toronto, joins me for a live talk as Jericho. Get your tickets at markoutmoments.com. Still a handful of VIP meet and greets and a couple tickets for the brunch that uh, KO and I are going to have an hour before the show. Come have some breakfast with me and my best friend. Go to markoutmoments.com for tickets November 20th in Toronto before Survivor Series. Talk is Jericho live with Kevin Owens. All right. Thank you for listening to Oz Fox today. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. And coming up next Wednesday, Talk is Jericho, episode 300. Only one guest worthy of such a milestone episode. Any guesses? Let me give you a hint. He's the architect of the biggest heavy metal band of all time. All right? You have to guess who it's going to be. You're going to hit me up on Twitter at Talk is Jericho with your best guess at who it's going to be. Remember, take your best guess at who it's going to be. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. Get ready for episode 300, episode 100, the special guest with Paul Stanley, episode 200, special guest with Dennis Miller. This guy is, is just as big, if not bigger, than both of those. We will see you on episode 300 next Wednesday right here on Talk is Jericho. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend and a year, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at Podcast One.com. That's PodcastONE.com. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.